0: I said what you know about it It's the stool, baby Got the knees and place Youngest to baby And the room a lot To the stew, my name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hello. My brother's not here because he's working. R.E.P. Stewie. R.E.P. R.E.P. We've we've been gone for a couple weeks. We miss you, Stewie. One week or two week? One week. Only one week. I think we took Thanksgiving off. We did a little break. Hope uh, all your guys'
1: thanksgivings were just outstanding.
0: yeah, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. yeah, a lot of other podcasts during those holiday breaks they'll just like put up an old episode or do a best of
1: not us. we just leave you with nothing.
0: We don't do that bullshit. we don't want we don't want to give you an inferior product. We'd rather give you no product at all.
1: That's right. It's easier for us to do that, so that's why we do it.
0: Yeah, it's a lot easier to do that instead of like not do it mm mm-hmm. which is what I've found for sure. That's kind of how I live. It's
1: easier for me to not do things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, That's a whole other podcast. Oh. That's the other podcast you do. Yeah, I do another podcast where we just talk about how, like, our, or like how we're not doing as much with our lives as we should be doing. <laughs> 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 Sounds uplifting. You got to hit me with a link. <laughs> hit me with a link. Oh, I want to check that out. Um, so, yeah, Thanksgiving. In a lot of other podcasts will do a Thanksgiving episode before Thanksgiving to get you in the spirit, get you in the mood, give you some ideas on what to make this year. I'm pretty sure that we realized
1: when we did the podcast before Thanksgiving, right during Best Thing You Ate, that Thanksgiving was going to come the next week, and we probably should have talked about it.
0: Well, and that's another way that we buck the system. <laughs> Instead of telling you how, you know, giving you some inspiration on what you should make we would rather make stuff on our own and then brag about how much better it was yeah. than what you had a week after for sure so um yeah let's get into what let's get into what we made that's a good way to start it off i made a i made a few things mm, we did uh we did all the normal stuff my aunt did a turkey i think it's dry brined spatchcocked mm-hmm. came out real nice
1: I think that's the way to do it, unless you're really obsessed with presentation. And I think that presentation is great. But I think if you really want, like the classic full turkey sitting there with the little white things on the on the drums.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think
1: gone are those days where I hope you have so. to
0: come out with a big ass turkey like that.
1: I hope the best food wins these days. We've gotten to that point finally. Yeah, I
0: think it, it seems like the way to do it is just like get a get a big plate. Carve it up all nice, lay them all out on there, cover them with some turkey juices, and, you know, you're, call it a day. Maybe you could put a sprig of thyme on that shit or something. I remember, it was like
1: five or six years ago, I, did, I was a Monterey and did a whole turkey. And then the New York Times posted a video on how a butcher carves his turkey. Mm-hmm. And by the time he did it, it looked exactly like a spatchcock turkey. And it was really cool. Brother. But the way he broke it down, and I was just like, well... Then I, why not just, you know, because I like I really like it being served on a platter. A lot of times, even now, it's not carved at the table. Like I went to, I went to Thanksgiving where they had two turkeys, and the turkeys were cooked whole. Mm-hmm. they were really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then they just got brought back into the kitchen, carved, and came out, you know.
0: Yeah, that seems like such a dumb If it's waste. not done table side, it's not worth the effort. I agree with that. And I, and, and the other part that I liked about the spatchcocking was when it, when it's, when it's. Everything? (laughs) The time, the taste, the everything? Yeah, how it, it takes almost as much about, it takes about the same time as it does to roast a a chicken. Right. It's like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. You can, Which is then, a little bit longer than chicken, but yeah, it's like cl- it's like very get a close great, to chicken. Great crunch on that skin. Even if you're a dum dum and you don't know how to do anything, the skin comes out way, way better because it's all it's all getting kissed by heat. The surface area, every bit of the skin. And then, since the the white meat and the dark meat cooks at different temperatures, the best part about it is when like when the breast is done, you can just cut cut the leg off take the breast, pull it out, and then just finish the legs on their own. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so much easier to carve, carve that off after it's been spatchcocked.
1: But also, I mean, even then, it's like, you know, the dark meat cooks quick and it's so much more forgiving. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it could be yeah. done all at the same time, too. I mean, you need to, really, like, do the tenting and the foiling and the mm-hmm. separating the pieces. I ride for it.
0: Yeah, I ride for the spatch. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, did, uh, I did the green bean casserole which I sort of keep changing every year, trying, trying to tweak it more and more.
1: Well, I think it's also something that can change. I saw a recipe that was, I think, it was on Food Wishes that was basically trying to do a French onion soup green bean casserole, which I thought was really cool. But I kind of, I, did, I'd, 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 I'd never made it before, so I didn't want. And I saw it like that day or something, so I didn't want to make it.
0: French onion soup, green bean. So the the idea being that like you're making
1: a fresh onion soup sort of, more obviously more thick and more creamy, but you're doing there's no mushroom in it. There's no mushroom in that recipe. Mm -hmm. Which is kinda like, oh, here's something different. And the and the entire bottom layer of the green bean casserole was a bunch of like just a really nice thick layer of super caramelized onions. You know, like, oh. the recipe, you need, like, 15 onions for the recipe because you caramelize so and many. And they do and a gonna...
0: bottom layer of that. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: going to the... make it at some point
0: before the next Thanksgiving and see how, if it's good. The thing, the thing that I, <clears throat> I always think about with the green bean casserole, it's like, whenever you see it, it's just, like, these long green beans yeah. mixed in with this, you know, mushroomy, sludgy sauce. I always have the green beans. I always have the green beans as well, but like it kind of started out that you would leave them whole, right. and then like you would halve them, and now I've started like making them even smaller, maybe like into inch chunks. I might need to do that too. But then <clears throat> I'm, I'm it's now. It's so much easier
1: to serve and eat though. That's as long what as I'm they're saying. crunch, as long as they're still like, like I know how you did it. You know, you blanch them, and then like mm-hmm. so they're never soggy. <clears throat> but so it doesn't like the. That long of a green bean, even at halved, still, like, you can cut it even further and still have, like, the texture of the green
0: bean. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is, like, I kind of have a weird food thing where I want everything to be, like, into small, uniform pieces, so everything gets, you get a little bit of everything in every bite. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what What if you just make the green beans into, like, even smaller bits? Well,
1: let's talk about your recipe, then. Okay. Because... When I did, because I did a, a similar one to yours, I think, where you just make a bechamel and then you put the cooking, you cook <laughs> down the garlic and the onions and the mushrooms, right? Yeah. So um, what I did was I pureed. I pureed a bunch of mushrooms. That's what I did too. And then I put in a bunch of mushroom quarters as well. So you'd have like so you got textured, a chunk? nice big piece of mushroom. But not too much. But like, if you put a scoop on your plate, you're gonna have like four or five nice quartered mushroom bites mm-hmm. along with the green beans, and then also the the mushroom soup. Base That's a good is move. Pretty good. I w- I would. And I thought of that only just because of crunch well, or uh, texture, my, not crunch.
0: Um, I kind of changed it up because my grandma's not a mushroom head. Yeah, she's not really down with it that much. Sure, you, so, you gotta whatever. So yeah, I did. You gotta the, follow that. So I did like food processor onion, garlic, mushroom into like. A pretty fine bit and then cook that down for like. So you lied to her. You're like, no, no mushrooms in here. Nope. <laughs> well, I cooked it down for like a half an hour probably. Oh, wow. So it was just like a real kind of nicely, not, you know, it was caramelized, and, but it was like, you know, a bunch of mushrooms, a whole onion, a bunch of garlic, and it was basically reduced to like a half a cup of, of mush. Yeah, super concentrated mushroom, onion, garlic flavor, and then I whisked that into the to the bechamel, so a little bit of that flavor was in the whole the whole mixture. Mm-hmm. And then I also made that the day before, so it could sit in there and, and let those flavors cruise together. That's that's the one thing that I am bad at
1: that I should that I definitely will do more the more I learn. And I have a friend who's a caterer or was a caterer for a long time. She's a great cook. Scott's wife, Alex. Mm-hmm. Alex, mother, shout out. Um, mm-hmm. But she started cooking Thanksgiving a week before. And she, has, she made the, the turkey the day before. And it was fantastic. It was so
0: good. She made the turkey the day before, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does and, she think she is? Well,
1: she's just got the skills to perfectly reheat and never, and she knows exactly what she's doing, that mm. she has that much muscle memory from, from cooking like that. Mm. But you could not tell anything wasn't made that morning. Everything was excellent.
0: And I was just blown away because
1: she just did a little piece each day.
0: Smart. Yeah, brilliant. And she probably did it in a way that she was going chill. Yeah. And fun and relaxed instead of like, oh, yeah, stressing out crazy. Big time.
1: Well, she's just not, by the time you're actually sitting down at the table on Thanksgiving, she's not exhausted from cooking for the last 15 hours and getting up at like 6 in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Poor thing.
1: No, she's just like, Like when you have a whole night to sleep and not that much to do the next morning, you actually can really enjoy it, too. You
0: could take a damn Xanax on Thanksgiving Day. Right? Post up.
1: A Zanny bar. There was, I think there was, yeah, there's some Xanax in the stuffing for sure. <laughs> It was mellow. It was Speaking chill. of stuffing, chill
0: vibes. Y- you, you make a very good stuffing that involves. Grazie. Using, instead of bread crumbs, bread cubes, everything bagel.
1: Yeah, everything or onion bagel. This year was the first year I did everything. And I think to do all everything. That was nice enough
0: to chop all those bagels up for you.
1: Yeah, you did an amazing job, too. Speaking yeah. of uniform cutting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it was really good, and I think this was the best version yet. I make it every year. I'd never used everything bagels before. It's always been onion bagels. Mm -mm. And this was about half and half. And I'll do that again for sure. But I think to do all everything bagel would be too too much. Too much. Would definitely be too much. Too much seed. Because there seemed to be like once or twice there was a bite that I was like, oh, this is strong. And if this is how the whole thing tasted, Mm -hmm. that would be too much. It was fine as like a little bite where it was probably like just all everything bagel pieces in that one little bite or something. Too much of a good thing. Too much of an everything, but yeah, the bagel the bagel stuffing always people really like it. I've never had. I mean, it just has so much more flavor than regular white bread. But I think it's the texture too. Yeah, I think the texture is outstanding. And mm-hmm. I don't, again, I don't know why, because by the time you bake it off into kind of breadcrumbs or croutons, it just tastes like any piece of bread that's been crisped up like that.
0: And and not to put you on blast, but you used. Costco Einstein bagels. Uh Yeah, I was going to try and go to Brooklyn Bagel and then I just, I bitched out. I think Brooklyn Bagel is temporarily closed according to Yelp.
1: Oh, is that what's going on? Good. Well, I didn't even try and go over there. Good. I wanted to. And that's where I've gone before in years. But yeah, I went to Costco to get a brisket and I was like, these like, Einstein bagels are not the worst. No. And they were. If you're in an airport, that's damn heaven. Right? And then I think they were $4 $4 or $5 for 18 bagels. I was like,
0: hmm. So cheap. Okay.
1: I mean, it would have been a lot more Brooklyn, but it, you know it would have been like thirty, forty bucks
0: or whatever. Mm-hmm. Still, and
1: after after I bought more than
0: that, but yeah. And then you did you make and you made your own chicken stock for it, or a turkey stock, or chicken? Yeah, stock? Yeah, what stock? happened? I made
1: that with you. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, yeah, I made my own stock with a whole chicken, and then you and I had.
0: And then we used some of that other stock to make some soup.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's okay. We're gonna come back into that because that's the udon conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: so the day before, I just did like a, I just poached a whole chicken and made stock out of it, and then made turn that chicken into chicken salad, and we used some of it, which we'll get to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just reminds me that poaching a whole chicken does a lot for you.
0: Yeah, under you stock. It's an underappreciated way of doing a bird. You can pull those breasts off and doing just... doing a bed. You doing a bird, mate. Fucking <laughs> <Back> bed. <laughs>
1: Um, but you can—you don't know, like when you poach chicken. You pull the breast off. You can eat that by itself. You can shred it and put it into, you know, chicken, traditional chicken salad. Um, and you've got all put it that on top of some over? soup. Yeah, it's any like, kind of soup. It's great.
0: Mhm. Me Yeah, it's always good to have uh, just some nice, super clean breast meat, well-seasoned, moist. You yeah. Can just flop it into anything. Yeah. It's perfect. And good for you. Maybe. Yeah, it's it definitely is is. And then what else do you do in this oven? A little celery, onion, garlic. Celery, onion, rosemary. garlic.
1: Um, rosemary, thyme, oregano, salt hmm
0: mm-hmm. and sausage. And sausage. What kind of sausage? Pork? Italian, yeah. Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, if I mean, if the flavor profile isn't crazy, like I wouldn't use a merguez or something, or a chorizo. That's crazy. But... Um... and I don't know if it's really necessary I've made it years vegetarian and I really honestly didn't notice that much of a difference I thought it was pretty good still Mm -hmm. but nobody was vegetarian I was like, nah, that's what I usually do anyways so you just cut open a couple so you start off opening up a couple sausages crumbling it sautéing it off and then I use the same pan you know, just kind of lightly grab the sausage out of it and use that same pan to start with the veg Mm -hmm. so that's still in there and then a little bit of olive oil on top. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do, like, a little pat of butter. Mm, it's Thanksgiving, after yeah, it's just all. a little bit. But it's very clean, and you don't... I mean, I think you really don't notice that it doesn't have a bunch of butter and a bunch of heavy stuff added to it.
0: Yeah, because it's its a bunch of bread. Yeah. Yeah, one pat of butter for, like, 18 bagels, not that big of a deal. I think the sausage, too, you know, I don't know. It, it adds fennel, which is good,
1: but it's not necessary. But it just brings a little bit of that meaty quality, like, that you get when stuffing is cooked inside the bird? You're talking about umame. Because it's not it's not necessarily the best way to do stuffing inside the bird, but when it's done well by somebody who really does know how to do it, I mean, people argue that it's the worst way to do it if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It does a whole lot of horrible things to change the cooking time, and yeah. it's, it can really mess with your bird, but it does taste really good. If, if done correctly. It's It is by far the superior method.
0: Mess with your bird. But I wasn't. But I also didn't cook the yeah, turkey. Yeah, I've never done stuffing inside the, the cavity. That sounds like... I mean, it's there's so much... So good. There's, there's such a high risk to that. Like, if you if you mess that up... Well, the one way to it's, not it's mess it up, mess up is to
1: pull it out and rebake it. And then just do take a temperature and make sure it's like at 160. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, then you're not going to mess it up. But not everybody
0: always does that. And have you done with oyster before mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a wild one i've always wanted to try that but that's never- i had a girlfriend's dad who that was like
1: it was sacrilege to not have chopped oysters Swore by stuffing. yeah for sure i think it's dope it is that's one thing that will never happen in my family it's weird though to think you're just getting a well i mean unless you're shucking fresh oysters which is probably a very boss hog gangster move mm-hmm. but you know, you're opening a can of oysters and just chopping it and throwing it in
0: now you're opening a real can of oysters.
1: You're opening a real can of oysters on this tea day.
0: You also, uh, you mentioned doing some brisket. Yeah. Classic it, Thanksgiving brisket.
1: Everybody, everybody's in the family has one. I mean, mm. you know, everybody's recipes are different. A classic Thanksgiving brisket. Sure, sure. Well, my friend's house I was going to had two birds, but he was, there were a lot of people and he was kind of freaked two birds. out. Two Not words. Jewish. One stone. Not Jewish. Okay. Um, although you could make that mistake, sure he blends. He blends with the tribe. He blends. <laughs> um, Same, but he was making two birds, and he's kind of worried he didn't have enough food. And I was just gonna make, you know, he's like, "Don't make anything." And I was like, "Well, I usually make this onion bagel stuffing,"
0: and, and you're like, "I have a food podcast." So I'm definitely no, make it was something. not.
1: No, see, that's uh, to me. I was actually so excited to not do anything, but then Dad, I realized like wanted I could not do anything. And then he was worried about the food, and I was like, "Well, I can I'll make brisket." So I got yeah. ten pounds of brisket, and
0: I you know I, yeah, I didn't. I guess have, I'll make ten pounds of brisket, I didn't, and where which I sous vide for three days? I guess I'll do that. It didn't.
1: It I <laughs> you know normally that comes out and I smoke it, um, and this one's like, well, why don't I just try like a Jewish style brisket but sous vide? So you're having you're adding in like. Carrots and onion and um, garlic, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Some kind of like a beef the stew yeah, kind of. Uh, thyme and oregano. Um, what else is in there? I mean, it's not that complicated. Like the braising liquids aren't that complicated. Jewish mirepoix. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little red wine. And there's a lot of things I did. Like, I don't know, that that pork shoulder with bulgogi that didn't impart anything. It's a, but it's also a much thicker piece of meat but the the brisket came out fantastic it came out so good mm-hmm. i might have cooked it another like 5 hours it cooked for like 25 mm-hmm. and i think 30 might have been better Still great. It was still soft. A scant 24 couldn't cut it. But you really tasted everything that got imparted to it. Mm-hmm. Like the bite of meat without any sauce on it whatsoever really had a lot of the flavor profile of what it cooked in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think which which should be normal, which is what happens when you braise But I'm still learning sous vide and trying to figure it out. Right. I've had misses, so I was glad that this one hit.
0: What'd you sauce it up with? With the braising? Well, liquid that was just the reduced? braising
1: liquid reduced.
0: You make a little gravy out of it, or just straight up that. Straight liquid up reduced? reduced. I just wanted it.
1: I mean, there's already meat gravy. There. There. Do the Jewish
0: people rue? I don't think
1: they rue. I don't know. I mean, I, probably. I would be surprised if so they did. Do we have didn't. any
0: Jewish listeners? If you make
1: a let Jew let rue, know. let me know. Or Nikki Jaggerman. <laughs> yeah, we could ask. A, we could ask our friend who is Jewish. She won't know what she, a rue is. She won't know what that is.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> she eats potatoes <laughs> every day. Um, oh, I have a good baked potato item on the on the docket as well. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But I think it
1: was just like that, you know, it was doing new material at the show because I'd never made it. But I, I was kind of confident that like, all right, say nothing gets in part on the brisket, the brisket still will be cooked soft and it'll be fine. And then I'll maybe make horseradish and I'll, or I'll do something. You know, it'll be fine, whatever happens. But it was a happy surprise that it really did kind of do what I wanted it to do. And then the sous vide liquid just reduced, just got beautifully thick, you know, cooked long enough, mm-hmm. you know, reduced for like 45 minutes and that went over it and people were really happy. It was really good.
0: Yeah, I feel like a little bit of that with some mashed tater will go down
1: real nice. But then, after I told him I was doing this, he was like, Oh, yeah, I know you're gonna do it, but I also got a honey baked ham too. I'm Mm. like, Come on, man, (laughs) really? How (laughs) nervous are you about the amount of food you're gonna have there? And there was so much food and there was so many leftovers, but you know, he's a he can be a worrier. Sure, he's not Jewish, it's not a worrier. He just like really wanted it to go. Jewish talk on this podcast, he wanted it to be, he was really wanted it to be great. Because uh, he put in so much work and so did his wife, so I get it. But <clears throat> I mean, that's... He's coming on the show. Yeah. So our friend Dana Snyder, who um, is the voice of... Uh, does a bunch of voices for Aqua
0: Teen. Hunger Force, yeah. televisions. Yeah.
1: Owen. He's Master Shake. Which is crazy. But he's coming on this podcast because he likes it. He listens. hmm And he's also a big food guy.
0: If you're listening right now... We're going
1: to be eating snow crabs in about
0: six days in Florida. It's going to be great all right all, all right. right you always have great stories i got one it's not going to be snow crabs or not snow crabs uh stone crabs stone crabs, stone crabs. Mm. yeah speaking of stone crabs in miami this is the first year where i'm not at art Basel eating stone crabs at one of my favorite places in the world can be very hidden i mean it can be very hit and miss the art basil
1: experience right it can be done wrong and really yeah, enjoyable, um, right? And it can be done great and be the best time ever. Yeah. As you've told, I've never gone. This is coming from yeah, you. Yeah,
0: if you do it, if you're like cool and popular <laughs> and rich, it's great. <laughs> if you're not, then it's kind of a bummer. But also, last year it rained the whole time. This year, I think it's raining a lot as well. But in, if you're in Miami, Joe Stone Crab, such an experience. Oh. I, I'm not, it's, it's so on the
1: bucket list of a place that I want to eat at in season.
0: hmm. In season. No, but it's like a,
1: it's, it's such a destination restaurant. It's like Peter Luger in New York. It's like, and that good. It's just from like what it. I hear. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like that, that name. It's so synonymous with the food and where it is. And
0: yeah, Mater D, who's been there since the sixties. So sick. Pocket full of $20 tips. They've been cooking all night. Mm. George and Linda came through. They got their corner table. See? Love it. Love that shit. Charlie Trotter's Chicago? Um, yeah. So it's kind of like something like, it's like, you know, what are those those places where you're just like, if I can do it, mm-hmm. sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of classic service is not happening as much as it used to. Sadly. That's different, right? Yeah, now you go to some dumbass place in Silver Lake and a girl is <laughs> yeah. working at the counter who just <clears throat> is not nice at all and... Tells you that you can go stand outside until your party shows up or some shit like that. Come on. I just need an old guy with a vest. Anyways, I also made deviled eggs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that so I made I made the stuffing, I made the green bean casserole, and then I made the brisket. What did you make, Jason? On top of the green bean casserole.
0: Um well I also made the um the rainbow shard fennel, that the creamed is, rainbow shard this fennel. This is
1: something that I've never seen, and you need to share with the listeners because I thought it was absolutely. I don't know phenomenal. if we talked about it last time or not. It was so good, and we might talked about it being too creamy. It, but
0: it's basically it's basically like you're making oh. cream cream spinach. So oh So you just take like take a, take a large onion, dice it down small. Get maybe like three or four cloves of garlic, dice that down. Um, cut the stalks out of the shard, dice that down the same size, dice down fennel, small, just like a, just like an onion, so they're all the same size, cook it down in a big ass skillet with some chili flake, olive oil, salt, pepper, until it's all soft, and then you put in the, uh, the chiffonaded chiffonaded shard leaves, cook that down, you know, and then hit it with some heavy cream or half and half. Cook that down again for another 10 minutes or so, and then boom, you're done. I think
1: it's going to be hard for me to make cream spinach after that, because I thought it was... I mean, maybe it was the first time I had it, but it it just seemed vastly superior. It was so good. I was really impressed. And it was one of those things where you're like, I had an idea for this. I'm going to make it right now for dinner. Mm -hmm. like, no. It was off-the-dome
0: styles. Off-the-dome, baby. It was great. It was good. And then... Like you know, a, another testament to doing weird experiments like that randomly off the dome is the first time I made it, I added way too much cream to it. Right, well, yeah, I was I mean, But a- the the good part, I had to cook that cream down for like half an hour until it was cooked down enough to where it wasn't like super creamy and runny. But then doing that it almost started cooking the cream down into a caramel situation. I feel like we talked about this before. We did talk about that. That part we did talk about. But then when you cook it down to where it's kind of like a almost a canary yellow color. Right. And it, and it seizes up just a little bit. It kind of has the consistency of like sour cream or something like that. I
1: guess you got to watch it too because it could break Yeah, if you cooked
0: it enough. I, yeah, it totally could. It could break or it could turn into straight up caramel maybe. I don't know. Who knows what happens if you keep going it 'll yeah. probably just burn, burn. but when you, when you have it in that state, then it 's almost like this schmear and then and then that ended up being a beautiful burger topping. put it on a burger um, also made deviled <laughs> eggs
1: yeah did you did you instagram that photo you sent me of the bag breaking in the
0: i think I did every, yeah every single year if mom I know you 're listening, you need to get nicer quality <laughs> ziploc bags because. <laughs>
1: They keep rupturing every year. It was an amazing-looking photo. I thought you almost did it on purpose.
0: I, it's the second year in a row where I've I've taken a photo of... The bootleg piping bag broke on you. Of the Ziploc bag, piping bag, rupturing a hole. And I think last year, the hole was in the perfect position where you could fill two eggs at once with both holes. Hmm. That's next level. Um, but, yeah, Um. I, I forgot what my... My mom found, like, some super precise, hard-boiled egg method online that she was stoked about, and it worked out really well. It was probably maybe the best I've ever had. Wow. Like, I don't remember what it was, though, but the, the yolks were, were perfectly just, just hardened enough, and the, and the whites were really, really solid and creamy and all that stuff that you're looking for in a hard-boiled egg. But my, my method that I've used for the last few years is when you cut the eggs in half and then you take the yolk out, put the yolk in like a fine mesh strainer, and then hit it with the back of a, back of a spoon and just kind of sieve, sieve that down so there's no chunks or lumps in The there.
1: texture, I mean, it's such kind of a basic flavor. I mean, you can get wild with it, but like the basic picnic deviled egg is, just, you know, it's very simple. Mustard, mayonnaise, egg yolk, salt, pepper, mm-hmm. you know, a little paprika, whatever. Yeah. And then you can get wild after that. Mm-hmm. But even the most basic recipe is, you know, if you don't like them, you're not going to like them no matter what. But sure. I love them. The most basic recipe is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a good one just with those ingredients is great, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to texture. Yeah, and that's f- not perfectly
0: smooth. It's a huge bummer, and it's and it's really hard to make it perfectly smooth. It is to like put a dozen egg yolks into like a dumb bowl at your mom's house or your aunt's house or your friend's house, wherever you're doing it at, and then like smush it with the back of a fork.
1: Yeah, it's not gonna happen that for way. what
0: eleven minutes, and you're still gonna have lumps. It's not gonna be perfect. What are you gonna do? It's not really quite enough to put it in a food processor, and then it'll get kind of gummy, and it'll stick to the sides, and you'll lose a lot of that yolk. Like, there isn't a great way to do it, and I've found that the the fine mesh strainer... Maybe an egg beater, like you're making cookies. <clears throat> yeah, that could be a possibility.
1: Does anybody does anybody own those anymore? No. It was the last one sold in 1996.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I had to, like, remember what you were talking about for a minute. Yeah, yeah I don't know if that'll work, but...
1: That that has worked the best for me. Or immersion blender, but you have to have a. I mean, to use any of those things, you have to have a lot. You have to be making a lot. Yeah, that's the problem. If you make a, if you're making a little, those kind of tools don't work.
0: hmm It's tough. Um, and then yeah, just smush it all in. I like to use Smoosh. I like to use the the seasoning spike mm-hmm. when I mix it in. I think it what about an, some Old Bay. Uh, never done Old Bay, <clears throat> and I've also found that. As I've been experimenting more, just the best deviled egg is a regular deviled egg. I feel like any variation, it's kind of like an omelet. It's just like if you do it just a plain omelet perfectly, it's never going to be beat with like adding a bacon or whatever else you're going to do to it. If you nail a perfect one, even even so much that doing smoked paprika instead of regular paprika is too much for me, I think. Ooh. Yeah, I'll say it
1: very traditional
0: and i think i might even do next year half yellow mustard half dijon what'd you do this year i think all yellow straight dijon or just straight dijon
1: oh you got what no you gotta have a little yellow in there see that's the
0: thing everyone kind of has their idea but i feel like that's one food where ridiculously straight and neutral across the board is the best way to do it and then just focus on technique and, and yeah, like I said, I, I put smoked paprika on it this year, and I was like, eh, I didn't like it. It added too much side auxiliary flavor. Excellent segue
1: into one of my talking points. <laughs> I think yellow mustard is a slept-on ingredient on burgers. <laughs> in burgers? I was in New Mexico. Okay. Uh, this is my favorite thing I ate this week. Should I talk about
0: it? Sure, go for it. But it's a
1: good convert, This is a good point. Mm-hmm. So, well, th- there were two things that were my favorites. So. Okay, whatever. I'll Talk about the other one, maybe. They ha- yeah. you know, hash green chilies are the big thing in New Mexico. Yeah, for great reason.
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're mild. But they're really interesting.
1: Yeah, they're fantastic.
0: I love the, the the hatch chili fire roasting machine too.
1: Yeah, yeah. For the festivals, and they do the,
0: you know every year, it's a huge yeah, it's deal. It's a bingo cage with a blowtorch on it. Yeah, That's insane. Just fucking amazing. Parking in front of the Gelson's? But they've, done it. My they've been doing it for like
1: 60 years and it's just like, well, we haven't found a better way. Mm-hmm. It's one of those great, simple inventions that may never get replaced. But I had a green chili cheeseburger, hatch green chili cheeseburger Ooh. at uh, Blake's Whataburger, which is in a lot of, lot of lists of the best green chili burger in definitely
0: in Albuquerque. Not Whataburger, the chain. Lots of burger.
1: What did I say? What a burger? Yeah. What is it? what did I write down? Okay.
0: Blake's Lots of Burger. Blake's Lots of Burger. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Blake's Lots of Burger.
0: Ain't rolling off the tongue so hot, Blake. It is not. But
1: it's like on those lists of best ones and definitely best ones in Albuquerque.
0: But not hard to be the best thing in Albuquerque. I don't know there's some pretty good thing. Just food kidding. Out there. I'm just kidding. But um Blake's Lotta Burger. It was great. Okay.
1: But not you know not in that way that you know it's not like the pork chop at um at Kispaka, but it was re- it was a really good burger. And it had mustard on it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And ketchup? No ketchup. Straight up mustard. Mustard? Maybe mayo. Okay. And then your normal burger fixings and just a bunch of green chili on it. And it was a really nice patty. It was really delicious. Okay. American
0: cheese slice. Yep. Shredded lettuce. Yep. But it reminded me of,
1: it's that kind of, that sense and memory where the McDonald's basic hamburger is mustard and pickles and ketchup. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In so many places, there's no mustard ever on a burger, even close to it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time for mustard
0: on burgers to come back. Yeah, because a burger is a damn sandwich. You never put ketchup on a sandwich. Nope. You put mustard on it. Yep. Yeah, and also Chris, or my brother, and our co-host, he would he would always say his favorite burger at Burger Lords would just be like a plain mustard grilled mustard with, onion burger with onion, yep. mustard onion. That's it. Let that beef sing.
1: Yeah, but his thing too, which I think is a good move, is that you grill it in the mustard.
0: Yes, and you can also order a burger at in and out that way. Oh, really? Yeah, you can order your burger mustard grilled. So oh. they'll take the patty yeah, yeah. with the mustard and then... Pfft, All right, I'm doing that next time I'm going to in and out Squirt and sear. That's how we, <laughs> that's how we do it. <laughs> but
1: I think, I think it's time. I think it's time we start bringing mustard back. And yellow mustard, not Dijon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with that. And uh, I, I feel like we're taking ketchup t- ketchup as out because there's, there's, there's been a big chatter of everyone decidedly renouncing ketchup on a hot dog mm. even like obama was saying like unless he like said some age cut off like if you're if you're under eight or like if you're over eight years old or ten years old no ketchup on. you're not like allowed that. to put ketchup on a hot dog and i'm I like, like that. okay that's tight and uh and now we're moving on to burgers let's get that damn ketchup out of here which segways into <laughs> wait wait but hold on one sec oh, okay
1: so i think what we should do this week is we still have again thank you sir some ground elk in the fridge jimmy um jimmy Scott. we're going to need to uh, we're going to do some some onion mustard slathered elk, elk burgers Vegas.
0: yeah of course we do it's going to happen i like that well and your segue, sorry thanks for the elk because, you're the best speaking of <laughs> pro ketchup things okay I did. I've been doing some interesting food experiments lately. I'm getting back on the horse. I think some very interesting and very cool
1: and exciting. When you sent me a couple of them, I was like, oh, man, I want to do cool stuff, too. (laughs) You
0: can. You can do it. Just do some pot. Come up with some ideas. (laughs) Smoke some weed. Go walk on the beach until it comes to you. All
1: right. Learn how to speak
0: French. There you go. Write a script. Um, Yeah, I've been watching a lot of French chef's table lately. Cool. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like ch- it's challenging. Yeah, that's the only problem. That's not that bad, but it forces you to really pay attention. Yes, because I like to put. There's so much cooking television on nowadays that sometimes I like to just have it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with the subtitle. Mm-mm. You gotta no. pay, You have to pay strong attention. No. So no, so I I was like, you know, potatoes are good, French fries are good. You put ketchup. You dip fries in ketchup. That's a thing. So I got a, I got a Yukon Gold potato, cut it up into quarters, um, just like large coins. Right. Keeping them round, but into quarters, so like that. So it, will, it would sous vide better. Like, um, what do they call them? Medallions. No, the when you get
1: those at um at like a diner, the country like oh, forgetting what. They're, anyways, but yeah, you get like the huge, just giant sliced rounds that are then fried.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah okay, yeah I know exactly what anyway, you're talking sorry. about. Um, sous vide for three hours in a bag with just ketchup. Just ketchup sous vide potato. Something, something odd, something interesting. I mean, but it's one of those things where ketchup. You know, where do you beat ketchup in in terms of dipping a dipping a potato or a fry into it? It's also shocking how many recipes call for. And two tablespoons of ketchup. Mm-hmm. Good ones. I'm not talking about yeah. budget ones. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a magic ingredient. A magic ingredient that, you know, everyone is very much focused on trying to do something new and different and what's the next thing going to be. But ketchup's been here the whole time. So, squirted a bunch of ketchup into a Ziploc bag, put the potatoes in, sous vide them for about three hours, pulled them out, wiped them off, and they, they took the ketchup flavor
1: really well. I was blown away. You haven't even finished them yet. I just had the just <clears> straight <throat> yeah. out of the sous vide.
0: Yeah, just straight and it, and they look like um they kind of look like a Japanese like braised daikon radish yeah. kind of thing. Not bright red, kind of more like golden dark. So yeah, they, they got a little translucent. A little gummier. So I'm, I'm going to like slice those maybe like au gratin style and, and fan them out nicely and roast them with a little olive oil and salt and pep, get a little crunch on them and see see how that goes. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to get a crunch on it. If that... So mm, I can put a dunk on it? I'm going to put a dunk on it. Put a crunch on it? You got to put a crunch on it, Tater. For sure. Um, so who knows how that's going to be a, a, a roasted crispy potato that tastes like ketchup already. It'll be great. And then also, you know, ketchup, it, it has all the food, all the flavors that you want. Salty, sweet, acid. Apparently there's like a law that allows a certain amount of bug content in ketchup. That's the, that's the fifth flavor. It's, it's like salt, sweet, no, acid, it's, it's,
1: umami, and bug. There's like a legal thing where there's a certain amount of parts per weight oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. bugs allowed in ketchup. And wine. And canned vegetables.
0: Yeah, you, you're eating bugs. I see a mommy. We ate crickets. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember like that when we were vegan. That was a thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, well. Well, I'm you know, not eating <laughs> ketchup. Vegan because you just say ketchup. Sprite line. And there's probably like a bug that died for your sins in there. Hardline. Yeah, Ugh. I don't want to think about those bugs. But I don't know how that's going to turn out. Hopefully, one day it'll it'll form into an interesting recipe.
1: I want to go back to real quickly about green bean casseroles. Do it. The one thing this year that was completely new, and maybe not new to that many people, but to me that was actually really nice, and it's too bad Stewie's not here for this, but a little ground nutmeg.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. It was real
1: nice, and you could taste it. It was great. In the bechamel. In the bechamel.
0: Yeah, the nutmeg, a classic one. And actually I was talking to talking to this girl I know, and she was like, oh, I was making. Not like that. Oh, not a romantic girl.
1: <laughs> What'd you say about me?
0: Ooh, she, said, uh, she said she was making a bechamel for macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Did not have any nutmeg. Used cardamom instead. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Turned out really well. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, you know, something to think about. Well, she,
1: didn't, she didn't go to celery salt. No <laughs> nutmeg a lot of celery salt laying around I don't know why
0: oh yeah I forgot about the last episode where we were having a lot of nutmeg chatter with, with it's a couple with back
1: but it's still to me the funniest <laughs> I thought to me personally just while it happened that was like the funniest thing ever just like one hit after another of ridiculous shit that Stewie does There was like it was a nutmeg wormhole it was like after we did all that then and then you were like but wait are you making these oats fresh he was like yeah of course and i was like what because <laughs> he's talking about making them at like you know two in the morning or oh, so good so good. yeah
0: ha- yeah having your um oh that was the best come home come home drunk from the bar late night munchy meal Starts making is, is making 45 minute oatmeal, oatmeal with, like, from grinding fresh nutmeg on it it's <laughs> the best ever yeah the last the last version i had of you know normally it's just like oh i'm gonna make like Toast with peanut butter on it mm-hmm. or, like, sort of popcorn or, yep. like, a grilled cheese. Yep. No. Oats. Oatmeal from scratch. Ugh, the best. That's why he's the best. Missy Stewie. Um, let's talk about some udon. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs to our bro who sent some, some fresh-made udon over to me. We uh, We cooked it up. It was good. It was by far uh, the some of the best udon I ever had, rivaling.
1: Um, I should have written this down. Rivaling the place in LA that I always forget the name
0: of. Yeah, in go Little often. Tokyo. What's that place called again? It's like I'll m- look it up midst, while you talk. It starts with M.
1: But they are famous for doing fresh udon. They have you know the the glass station where they're hand pulling it. You see them making it um, mm-hmm. very popular. Um, and those were very good. They were. I noticed them to be. In a great, great way, a little tangy than I've had. I find a lot of really times tangy udon to be kind of very, um, not plain, but like very definitely not having kind of a little bit of acid or tang to it. And, sure, and these udon noodles did, and I thought they were great.
0: Yeah, the uh, the company wait, what is it called? Do you remember what the udon was called? <laughs> I can find out. Um, but I think it's called Odang Udon. O D A N G Udon. And it's like uh it's a vegan fresh udon noodle. You can buy it at Whole Foods and some other places. You can find it on Instagram O-dang-udon. Odang Udon. O D A N G. But yeah, you just get it, boil it up and then you put it in a bowl and put whatever you want on top of it. We made uh we made like a Korean kind of Chicken, chicken soup, soup with it, some yum tang kind of, yeah.
1: With some goju jang. and
0: <laughs> gochujang, some tomato paste, Black some sesame, sesame seed, sesame oil, sesame oil, chicken stock that from your uh, when yeah, you, stole some chicken stock, that chicken. That. Yep, some of that breast meat, some green onion. Turned out nice. Yeah, it was nice. It's a very clean, clean, enjoyable light. soup.
1: Mm-hmm. I will say that you know the the udon. It's like it's a very a very intense noodle in the noodle family you really gotta
0: yeah udon it's kind of it's really gummy it's thick it's one of those foods where you eat it and you just feel like it's just gonna sit in your tummy but these were a better version of that
1: for sure and i think that you really have to it's not something to me udon is something that you really need to have the idea of that dish figured out as opposed to like oh i'm gonna Grab some, you know, dry pasta and put some, you know, even do cacio e pepe. I mean, literally, if you have black pepper and olive oil, mm-hmm. to a degree you can make, like, a dry pasta dish. To me, you really need to think about, like, the flavor profiles that are going on in it, and it's, you need to kind of really have that dialed in. Mm-hmm. Because it's a dense noodle, and it need, I think it needs, in a good way, but it needs a healthy family of flavor around it.
0: Yeah um so thanks to you bro go check out that udon if you like eating udon a couple weird fun things um as we're closing things out a couple days ago i was with our our friend and your neighbor dan and never heard of him and we um this is cool i know you're about to talk
1: about okay i I haven't even i haven't asked you because i was out of town uh we and played I'm the blood post- that we're talking about it for the
0: first time. We played the Postmates Challenge.
1: Now is that a thing that you invented? Or is that a it's thing? It's a thing
0: that they invented, I think, on Postmates did? Or Dano no, and Dan- Momo did. Dan did. This well, is awesome. I love this idea. I call it the Postmates Challenge, but it's basically now that we're living in the day and age where you never have to leave your house for anything and every restaurant can deliver food to you through Uber Eats or Seamless or Postmates or Yelp or any of the other dozens of food delivery services, caviar. So I'm sure everyone has been in the situation with a friend or your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or family member where you just want to order some food. Everyone's laying on the couch looking at their phones and someone's like, oh, let's get fun." I'm like, I don't want to get fun. Let's get pizza. I don't want to do that. And then everyone just kind of sits around for a half an hour in the time it, in the time it could have taken to have the food show up at your door. You described half my life. Yeah. Yeah. You're still, still at a stalemate. So they invented this game that is extremely fun where each person involved, there's three of us, each person involved orders something from any of these services. You keep it a secret. And then it just shows up. So the
1: only problem with that is, although it's totally worth the money because it's a brilliant idea and I love it. And well, I'm just like, also, you have to be that person that's okay to share your food because those people don't. Some those people, the, there are yeah. people that are not like that for sure. Yeah. You, and that's not a bad thing when you have a hang up, like don't touch my food. Like I get it. You, that's your thing.
0: That's not a disc. Yeah. But, you, you definitely order shareable items. Yeah. You, you don't just like order one thing and eat it yourself. I am that person who gets like super bummed out
1: but understands why it happens when you get two of the same thing unless it's cuz it's so
0: good that you have to get two <clears throat> but like someone else is like, "Yeah, I'm going to get that too." It's like,
1: "No, do you get some else? <laughs> why, why do you want to do that?" <laughs> uh,
0: <Come on. laughs> and and another fun part of the game is if any if two people order something from the same place or if they order the same food, yeah, do item, 10 shots. Then whoever's whoever of those two Has their food show up last? That person has to then do a second order for dessert. Whoa. But Mm -hmm. so this
1: is a, this is a money heavy game because each person is.
0: But that's the kind of, that's kind of doing the delivery fee, right? Yeah. It's kind of a flex. It is a little bit of an excessive flex, but it's, it's much better. Not excessive, but it's a little, it's a thing. It's better if you have a group of people. Like if you have four people. Yeah. I think that's great. And when I. Because you're
1: all, you're all. Talking to a different or ordering from a different driver, even yeah. though it's the same service. But obviously, you guys are all ordering from a you mm-hmm. know, it's like three a, separate people. Yeah, doing an order. Yeah,
0: right. And, yeah, and you kind of just order What's the delivery fee because I've never done it. Like seven bucks, six bucks. uh Postmates is two ninety nine for a lot of places. no nah, it's not that. Okay, never mind. I take it back. So it's I, not ordered, that
1: big of a I ordered. I ordered. Yeah, what was the order? I saw pictures. I didn't
0: see like what was ordered. Yeah, I spent. Or exactly my order it was. was like sixteen bucks or something like that. It That's was. It? it. I got two, like, b- barbecue bacon burgers from Hollywood Burgers and a side oh. of tater tots. Isn't that Chris Chang's favorite burger? Yeah, he likes that burger a lot. It was good. It was solid. Yeah. I never so had then, it, but I want to <clears> because he likes it so much. So then for sixteen bucks, whatever plus uh, plus a tip. Delivery charge, you know, 20 bucks. That's not a flex. I, I,
1: I've, having never done it, I've heard so many people say like what they've spent on ordering off of there. Oh, yeah, you can. I, I want, I, went, went, I picture it expensive, low. but 20 bucks is not, that's, yeah, it's fine. 30 bucks, fine. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's if, if three thing.
0: people spend 20 bucks and then you have, because like, you know, that's a lot of food. So I got two burgers and tater tots. I cut the burgers in half, put them on a big plate, tater tots, some ranch. And now you have like a burger appetizer. You eat that, and then the door rings. Five minutes later, Momo ordered nachos and some fish tacos. Of course, she did. You eat all that up from where? From Diablo. Were they good? No the nachos. <laughs> uh, they were not. Nachos not meant for delivery. No, they're not meant for travel. I agreed. But I've, we may have talked about it before. Diablo in Silver Lake. One of the most hated-on restaurants in LA because of their name. They have maybe my favorite nacho in town. Well,
1: if they hadn't opened as Diablo Urban, Urban Taco Fabricator, Urban Taco you really Fabricator, yourself on the foot. They right? just opened with Diablo. Mm-hmm. Not a great name, mm-hmm. but not as bad as not Urban bad Taco name. Fabricator.
0: That's yeah, that's I mean some... they're
1: living, they should just change their name and keep the same menu and they'll be fine.
0: That one it's an Oof. it's impossible to crawl out of that hole, huh? Mm-mm. No way. But despite all of that, I I think they might have my favorite nacho yeah. because of uh it's it's it comes in a giant large super hot bowl. Yeah. So they stay warm all the all the way through. Do a good job of layering.
1: Yeah, it's just not you know, we talked about
0: it. Yeah. It's not it's not nacho cheese. It's real cheese. Hmm. But you kind of, and then it's kind of like a dumb fun thing, and then every it is, and then everyone comes, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then the door rings, and it's another thing. Definitely do it only when you're hungover with three to four people, and you're gonna. I, I want to do it time. for my birthday this year. Ooh,
1: get a ten spot. It's get definitely like, ten, like a, twelve people to do it and see what happens. So it's be a, it's, fun.
0: it's kind of like a um, it's a millennial potluck. There you go. A, a virtual potluck it's definitely not good i don't i don't encourage or any of that you should be cooking your food but hey what are you gonna do um speaking of being hungover, another one of my Uh-oh. food experiments that i'm working on that may be the dumbest thing that i've ever done do
1: you want to give this idea out because it's kind of brilliant it might be something you want to hit pocket
0: you, you know what you're right uh, the whole we'll time work we'll work on it. We'll trademark
1: it, and then we'll let you guys know in a few weeks. It's too good to announce.
0: I was thinking of that earlier today. I was like, you know what? Until I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna publicly do anything with it until the t- un- until the T-shirts are printed, the cookbooks printed. I understand the artwork is printed. That you're
1: excited to share this because I would be too if I came up with something. This no, that's brilliant that in theory. Yeah, I'm gonna cut you off.
0: That's smart of you to do that. Sorry, Button. Also, you know, we're in Hollywood, we're in the biz, so we know what we know how to do a cliffhanger. <laughs> you guys, we're just walking, we'll give it
1: we'll give it to you when the
0: time is right. We're just walking dead at your ass listeners. They're
1: gonna talk about the new iPhone while they're making it, you know what I'm saying,
0: baby? <laughs> okay. Um last night I uh I got to go to Culver City. they have this place called Platform. Most where nice.
1: you you and I went. We did, I haven't been invited back, so uh, I yeah did you were
0: out of town so <laughs> shut up um roberta's pizza in new york is doing a two month pop-up there very sick so i ate a bunch of pizza shout out to roberta's for um giving me a bunch of pizza that's tight what so kind th- of pies were out they had like four or five of their like most popular pizzas there's there's one i forgot what any of them are called but there's like one that has like a spicy honey on it that's really good we got like a nice chili-infused honey that they drizzle on that shit. But they have the... I really like that on, uh, when it's done well. I really yeah. like that on a pizza. Um, yeah, not on... Un- and also, speaking of a spicy honey, I went to... Mm, Blue- what's her name? <laughs> spicy honey. Um, Blue Ribbon Sushi. They have a classic one in New York. They have one in the Grove. It's a very dumb, overpriced sushi restaurant that you should not go to. <laughs> but they have these chicken wings... That are not very good, but the dipping sauce is wasabi honey, and that 's pretty dope hmm but yeah, if you 're ever at the grove and you want sushi, never go Don't there go there because it 's okay, but it 's like so expensive, really, for what you get it 's just dumb don 't do it that 's always a bummer I know it 's so dumb well like there 's so many, and like the service was so bad <laughs> There's there 's
1: so many places to get great sushi at a reasonable price. It's really a bummer to get bad sushi overpriced. When we are at the Grove. You're not I mean, farmers market's got some bangers, but the Grove, what does The Grove have that is really like. I mean, no, just the farmers market so is the only So many ma- restaurants at the Grove are always busy with people eating overpriced food, like that Italian place, you know that Italian place on the corner? No, it's I mean I walked by it a dozen times. Who would ever go there? I ate there once. It was awful.
0: Awful. But then we look at the Americana closer to us. Insane. Great Maybe food. one
1: of the best food destinations in all of LA.
0: Din Tai Fung. We just as, got the suit. <laughs> the- as far
1: as like an actual, like, you take four square blocks and look what's there. And I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest Shake Shack fan, but you've got Shake Shack, you've got Din Tai Fung. Um, I mean, the state- and they just
0: put in the, the suit. Sujitsu? Tujitsa? Sujitsa? The the, the, the Sukumin ramen place on Sattal. I I just can't believe that I had no idea that was happening. And then you sent me the photo. Yeah. And then on a hot day, you go to the the cold-pressed juice place and get a frozen froyo almond milk coconut juice frozen thingy with some goji berries on top, a guilt-free dessert.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I don't know.
0: It's crazy. Um <clears throat> So yeah, Roberta's Pizza. If you like Roberta's Pizza, they have the whole wood oven out there on, in Culver City. Go check it out. It's delicious. Do it. Um, I went to Clifton's Diner for the first time in my life downtown. Ever? Ever.
1: I've gone pre and post. It's great. There's nothing not to like. I will tell you, the food going well. Yeah, I <laughs> will tell you. Well, think about it pre grand reopening three years ago or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was like hospital food.
0: Yeah, decor it was wise and, and atmosphere wise, how
1: bad the food was the first time I went. Second time I was just like, it's well, fine. This, isn't, this is fine. It's average. Whatever. It's, at least it's not gross. But I
0: would say don't go there to have food, but just go just going there for like a funny like have drinks thing. Well, you It's it. so. It's an acid trip in there. It's it's the, the best. decor but is you can,
1: insane. You can get like chicken fried steak or something. Or I had you know, actually whatever. I had a pretty it's good fine. meatloaf. Yeah, there you when go. I went there. Pretty good perfect. meatloaf. Yeah,
0: it's good. But uh, but also like the whole time I was eating, I was you're like,
1: not going there to eat. You're never no. going there to eat. But there are places like that that I go that you're not like the food's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's just so much fun. I'm trying to think of where, but I know there's I have a few the places Abbey. like that. <laughs> the Abbey. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of reasons I go to the Abbey. We Mostly the bathrooms. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, yeah. It's like
1: the fault line. We'll, I don't go the fault line for their craft beer. We'll talk about that off pod. I go the fault line. for I bathrooms. have a lot of fun
0: fun info for you on that one. Um, so I'm not going to talk about the best food invention I've ever created. Lastly, um, friend of my other podcast Tall Tales, um, famous musician Lord. She, uh, we were talking recently. There's a place that's doing a pop-up in Tribeca in New York. And she like posted this thing about it. And I was talking to her like how crazy it looks. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now, but it, it's a restaurant that's doing a pop-up in Tribeca. It's called Caspia, K-A-S-P-I-A. K-A-S-P-I-A. Um, starting on December seventh, a pop up for seven months, and here's here's the the image that they posted where it's it seems to be a baked potato with the side of cream cheese and chives, and then inside of the baked potato is about seventy five dollars worth of caviar. caviar.
1: Yeah, woo! It looks, it
0: looks insane.
1: Oh, did it start in Fashion Week or something? What is this?
0: I don't know. I don't know what i would have never heard of Caspia. I've never seen a big potato covered in caviar.
1: That's a I mean, depending on how big the potato looks in this photo, I mean it looks like a regular russet.
0: Yeah, it that looks is like a fun ass russet. That's
1: more caviar than I think you want to eat. Like this is Chersey's. I know. That's so much caviar.
0: Oh no. And there's no crunchies with it either, which is the I only know. that's I mean Yeah, but Bellini's not crunchy.
1: Okay. Touche. hmm I like crunchies with caviar.
0: Must be nice.
1: Um, you know, like a nice Ritz or just like a nice wheat thin.
0: or like a ruffle. Yeah, like a ruffle, like a classic. Have like, you ever eaten caviar on wheat thins? No. <laughs> that sounds very good. I like wheat Wheat thins. thin, creme fraiche, caviar, forget about it. That's my, that's my Oreo. Bob's your uncle, Marge's your aunt. Um, all right, Andre, best thing you ate all week. Okay, so, so the
1: ta- as normal, I have a hard time choosing things or making life decisions. We know. So... It was, the the burger was really good. Um, Mustard burger. But there is, uh, randomly, close to where I was working, we had to get a meal, and a pizza worked well for, like, a group of people. And this place, Farina Pizzeria and Wine Bar in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
0: Mm.
1: I was like, oh, it's got good ratings. It Actually, I'm looking at it on, on Yelp, and it's only got four stars, 291 reviews. But okay. Time Out gave it the 17th best pizza in all of the United States. Really? And it was fantastic. It really was. It's better than four stars. I'm not even looking at the reviews, so it might be like, the water didn't come to our table. One star. Right, right, right. But it was... Parking was a mess. If it was, you know, in L.A., I would drive a half an hour. If it was like, oh, let's really get great pizza. Let's do yeah, that. Because sure. there's not, you know, there's good pizza in L.A. What I mean, kind of pie you have? We had a marguerite. We had a mushroom that had shallots, thyme, and a bechamel. And mm. then we had a cured fungi. a cured meat. It was a fungi. fungi. But it was a cured meat with um, prosciutto, salami, and uh, like a house made ham. It was great. It was so good. Mm. Um, and really thin, like insanely thin, super Neapolitan style. Um, just really impressive. Okay. So that this was. And the, the pies would feed two people. One of them would feed two people. And they were between 13 and 18 bucks, you know, nice. cheaper than like tomato pie or garage
0: practically. Albuquerque prices. Yeah, Albuquerque prices. Yeah, garage too. pizza is like, those pizzas are like $25 yeah, each. They're, they're
1: not that cheap. They're pretty, yeah. they're okay, but, um, but the pizza was just like, it was so impressive to see a business, you know, it's kind of randomly. It was five blocks away from us. It was, you know, but, regular
0: old place i was killing it. yeah that was like a,
1: a borderline destination restaurant to me that if this pizza was made in la i would consider driving to it outside not just, of my neighborhood not just
0: good for albuquerque
1: no not at all no just good great for the pizza. world um and there was a bunch of other stuff that i wanted to try too they had some really interesting pizzas too on the menu so
0: okay well if you're ever in albuquerque which i hope to never be it's great Check no, it you take that back you take that back, I do not sir. take that back.
1: No, 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 Albuquerque was amazing. I can't wait to go back.
0: What? Are you serious?
1: 100%. Ooh, we have a visitor. Secret guest. Just kidding. Um, right. No, Albuquerque, I, I, I'm going to plan a vacation to go back. I loved it. I thought it was
0: amazing. We're going to talk about that off pod. Albuquerque is garbage, and you know it. <laughs> the best thing that I ate all week very quickly was our old standby, our favorite taco truck in LA, Taco Zone. Oh, so good. I had the Suadero Mulita which is two small tortillas, crunchy, cooked on the flat top, covered in cheese, and then suadero meat, which is a little bit of the uh, sort of belly brisket udder area. Nobody does it better than Taco Zone in Echo Park. Put it all together, put some avocado salsa in there with some onions and cilantro, and I could just eat ten of them.
1: Every time I don't eat a taco zone and get swadero like if it's been a couple months or mm-hmm. there's been times where it's been even longer too and I'm just like I start to wonder is the swadero that good at taco zone and then every it time is. I go it's as good as I've ever remembered it every time mm-hmm. it's by far to me and everybody's got their favorites you take a taco truck in LA mm-hmm. hands down yeah the best taco truck period to me
0: personally just personal choice you heard her first guys Well, that ends The Stew because our friends are here and we're going to eat some food. TheStewPodcast.com is the website where all our stuff is at. Past episodes. Go on iTunes. (laughs) Give us a nice rating and review. Follow me on social media at ThemJeans. Andre Conopar has no social media. Yeo
1: has social media.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Sorry about not having an episode last week. Shout-outs, Jill. Shout-outs, Karen. Bye.
1: Bye Bye-bye.